Thank you for downloading the audio portion of the Everett Lee Show. Before we get on to the guest today that's on the program, there's a few things I want to mention that will help support the Everett Lee Show. And of course, it will help Everett Lee out. You'll help support my ass out right up front here on this podcast. It will just show that you really care. Let me go ahead and mention that, and then you can enjoy this audio portion of the Everett Lee Show. If you're looking to start a podcast and already have a podcast and you're looking for an affordable podcasting hosting site, Podbeam is your number one choice. Podbeam offers statistics with in-depth analytics to manage your podcast needs. Use the promo code podbeam.com slash pbsignup and get a free month off. That's podbeam.com slash pbsignup to get a free month off and see why 1,500 episodes have been shared all over the world in the past 11 years with over 3,000 subscribers that have chose Podbeam as their number one hosting site. And if you're looking to get into advertising, Podbeam advertising, you'll get $100 off advertising when you sign up as a sponsorship over on podbeam.com slash pro slash PB sign up. That's podbeam.com slash pro slash PB sign up. Since 1995, HighSpots.com has grown to be the company it is by serving the wrestling fans throughout the world with a great selection of merchandise. HighSpots.com has everything a wrestling fan could want, including the latest WWE and TNA releases, classic wrestling merchandise, and their HighSpots.com exclusive releases. HighSpots.com is the leading online retailer for professional wrestling and mixed martial arts offering autographs figures, DVDs, apparel, wrestling gear, and even wrestling rings. Their largest clients include WWE, Impact Wrestling, ROH, and AEW. Click on the High Spots logo on the Everett Lee Show page over on podcast.net to order. Whether you are a wrestling fan, pro wrestler, or promoter, you can find what you're looking for at highspots.com. Podcast City Network. You're listening to the Everest Lee Show. Welcome everyone to the Everett Lee Show. I'm the Everett Lee. Today on the program, my guest you can catch every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on FGW Shockwave on the Future Great Wrestling's YouTube channel. I'm going to welcome to the program today professional wrestler ryan michaels how you doing ryan hey what's going on everybody how we doing pretty good pretty good just enjoying this rain here in daytona beach <laughs> uh, we had ours about a week two weeks ago that it was every day now it's 87 degrees today and i'm not ready for it <laughs> yeah it's here here in florida when it rains it gets really hot. We get yes, those we get those showers that end up raining, and it gets really hot and humid, and it's just you don't want to go outside. <laughs> yeah, I um, my dad uh, lived in Florida, so I grew up in Florida every summer for like the first like twelve, sixteen years of my life till I started making football more of a like I, I can't keep coming down and missing these all these football training sessions, all that, and when I come back, I was always behind. So, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's usually like around like between three and five o'clock. It'll rain for like an hour just to make it miserable outside. And then it goes away. Then it's just miserable. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> it it definitely is. It gets it gets really miserable with the humid, and I I just can't stand it. And pretty much, I if I'm indoors, I stay indoors, and I don't go out. But I mean, that's nothing new with everything that's going on in the world because with this uh, COVID nineteen. How how you been uh, handling yourself during this time? What have you been doing to keep yourself busy? <laughs> As, uh the horrible, sad thing is a lot for me on my end uh, has not changed um, as far as the uh, the shoot job goes. I do um, welding, electrical, and hydraulics for a company called Rumkey, which is a trash and waste company. So I've still been putting anywhere between 50, 55 hours a week in. Um, so like literally nothing on my end has changed outside of the, obviously there's no wrestling right now, but... I got hurt back in February again, so I was out in February anyways, so I was like, literally, it's like, oh, well, just everyday life for me. <laughs> yeah, I, talking about getting hurt there, it was during the Origins 2 uh, event there with FGW, and we were talking about that last night, about the spot, because you asked me if I've watched, if I watched the, watched the DVD, and I... I did, and I watched your and Amos's match there, and one hell of a match, man. You guys, man, you pulled some shit out that I didn't even expect, especially from Amos and especially from you right there, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, I've um, I've actually still yet to watch the match with me and Amos just because I knew when I got hurt, and literally... After that, a lot of the match is a blur for me. Like, I'm usually pretty good at remembering every single thing because I try to um, be like the ring general and get us where we need to go and things like that. And um, Scott uh, took over and um, did a lot. And, I mean, a lot for that to me is a blur. And I've still yet to go back to watch it because I still – it still doesn't sit well with me that it happened. And I'm not blaming anybody that it's not his fault. I mean, it's not necessarily my fault. I mean, yeah, I, I could have landed better, but I just lost control of myself and it was a freak accident. They happened by like the, the idea that I had for that match and everything. Like I started trying to pitch ideas and, and get that set up back in September when I got hurt the first time I was said, Hey, I want, can I get Amos at Origins 2? Can I get Amos at Origins 2? And, like, literally put on, like, all this, try and get this together, and then that goes and happens. So it's like, it's like I'm still sour on it. I've heard it's a good match. Um, everyone's um, given us both a lot of credit for it, and I appreciate that. That does mean a lot. But it's a blur to me. It literally is. I'll go back and watch it at some point, probably right before we get things rolling again. Right. I'll finally sit back and watch it, but I'm just not there yet. Yeah, yeah. I I know because you you like you said you had so much planned for that match, and things didn't happen like like it's supposed to. Amos got you through that match there, and I and it was during that spot there with the flapjack and man, you finished the match with a broken arm, man. I mean, especially that spot where you guys are doing the cross face, you're countering that. I just kind of eked in pain there because I kind of knew around that area that what happened to you, but I didn't know when until we, when we talked last night and you told me. And then 
thinking back at it, I was like, yeah, that's where it happened. But damn, you're tough as nails, Ryan. <laughs> Finishing a match like that, you pulled some Triple H stuff out, man. <laughs> yeah, that was the um, that was the more Triple H persona side of me that that night. Yeah. You're gonna get one of the you're gonna get the Brett side or the Triple H side. So it just depends depends what the match is or which I guess character you could say. And um so it's just Yeah, it the flapjacks when it happened and I knew as soon as I landed, I was like, Okay, something's wrong and like could not lift my arm, could not nothing. Even going to the crossface spot, like I, I I remembered where that spot was and I remember how we kinda went through it. And the way we were supposed to originally get into it, he was supposed to have that arm in the crossface. I was like, I can't do it. So I'm like, have him in it, and I'm trying to spin him the other way, say, hey, go this way instead to take the other arm. Right. And even trying to get my like right arm out and everything is like, it just hurt. I'm, I'm sitting there in this thinking like, how am I going to roll through this to get him in it? And then boom, do it. And then I kind of pull back a little bit. I'm like, oh my god. This, I was like, this hurts too. It was like everything is just killing me at this point. Yeah, and, oh, it was just bad night at the office. Apparently, a really good match. I will go back and see it, but just for me personally, and obviously, well, physically, it's a rough night, real rough night, and that sucks too when it's on the biggest show of the year that that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that. That DVD was just fantastic with the matches and just the stories built behind it that led everything up to each each match with the story. And for storytelling right there, that's one of my top favorite DVDs right there, wrestling DVDs right there, I have to say right now on top of the list there because I don't think anything I know of or would anything would come close to it because it's just such such a great just great talent and just great matches i can't say anything more about it man right no it was it was a really good night that i think i think from start to finish that was our best show i would have to say um i put it up there with the code presents and we got heat but i think i think you had a couple of really good standout matches especially uh the match between uh cody hawk and drew skills i thought was Yes. From a storytelling, emotionally sucking you in standpoint, um, they they delivered, and they had been they had been building that for months and months and months and months and months, and it, it, they hit it out of the park. And for me, on, on my end of that, um, all all of the locker room, because a, a majority of them, if you know, I would say about 95 percent of our locker room was trained by Cody, mm-hmm. and so when they all go out there and are beating on the mat and cheering Cody on and everything like that, I'm left in the locker room by myself. So I can see it on the camera angles and everything and get the shots that maybe you wouldn't have got right there. And seeing the look and the story Cody's telling on his face is just, it It got me. <laughs> you know, after the match, I applauded them both. Came back like, you got me, motherfucker. I was like, I'm back here friggin' got tears rolling down my eyes like really believing in this story i'm like uh, like yeah every time i think i got you you go you go back and get me and i was like ah that, that that's always how cody and i have been with each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i was right there i was right there just emotional because the way they opened up 
everything with uh, Drew's entrance and then with Cody's entrance and then he came out there and just giving it all man just one of my favorite top Cody Hawk matches right there and Drew's, Drew skills he's a beast man he is phenomenal he is he is he definitely is and I've, I've been looking at your matches because it's a hard find. Good, good luck to that. It's a hard find. <laughs> it is. It is. It is a hard find. But what happened was when I was interviewing other FGW talent, I was interviewing them while a few weeks ago, and I'd always come across Ryan Michaels in a match. If I was looking at Cody Hawk stuff, Ryan Michaels, Shauna Reed, Ryan Michaels. So I was like, same thing with Cody, and pretty much. I found a lot of great matches. I know you sent one of them to me, which was the uh, on December 15th, 2017, the CWAI Warehouse Wars with Shauna Reed. I did watch that last night, man. and That's a fun one. <laughs> That's a fun one. That was. That was. Just, just that, that match right there. Just you were outnumbered. You were outnumbered. You were the face. Shauna was the heel. She she does a good job of what she does with the with the crowd and just how she carries herself in the ring there. And I mean, the crowd got behind you there. And there's there's moments there where um you you just you were outnumbered until the ref stepped in and got rid of the outside interference. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, the number had already been done, and she's just you know picking up the scraps at that point. But um, you know, it's that it's 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 not easy to get the crowd behind you when you're wrestling Shauna. I mean, people just naturally like her, and um, so that it, we had to think quite a bit of how to do this. And I mean, the best way I could put it was, okay, hey, you got. The security guy um, out there, you got with Brad, and then you have David J. Is like, let's use them. Let let's intertwine everybody together and, and try to give everybody a moment and it just you know to help you get heat. And I think it worked really well. I think um, I I enjoy that match a lot. I think it's the best match her and I have had, and it was actually our first match we ever had, and it was so well. Like we were both really happy with it when we came to the back, and um, we haven't. I think we've only wrestled one other time since, and we were both um, baby faces at the time. And that's a hard one. Usually, they're they're either going to sit, the crowd's either going to sit there and not know who to choose for, or they're going to be extremely vocal for one or the other at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's a it's a fifty fifty, and just I, I like the first match much more. I think she agrees. Yeah, that's. Especially, especially that spot with the German suplexes. You do three of those holding German suplexes, and the crowds one more time, and you gave it, man. I was like, I thought you broke her in half there after that fourth one. I think, if I remember, I think a lot of that match was when we're talking back. Like, hey, why don't you do all of my moves to me? Like, I remember she did the sharpshooter. I think she did a German suplex. She did, and um. And I remember going right before we went out there, right before she went out to the curtain, I was like, you don't have top rope suplex yet? She's like, no. I'm like, okay. And I, I knew right away. I was like, well, I'll, I'll work that in there. And then to go and um, to that, and then I remember when she did the pin, and I kicked out of it, I said, I just rolled over and I said, throw a temper tantrum. 
and she did that fantastically, then rolls out and gets the chair, teases the chair, drops it, comes in, gets my sledgehammer. I was like, I was like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. This is cool. Was like, <laughs> she did that really well. Yeah, she she did. That was that was amazing right there. And then just watching that right there, I mean, just great talent. Your your uh, your work in the ring is just fantastic there. And another match that was from CWAI that you sent to me, you said, check this out. It was you against Mitch Magnus. And I love how this opened up, man, because you're coming out with with the towel in the water. And before you can do your thing, Mitch just attacks you and you're brawling around the ring there. And then what got me was I, I like hearing the crowd interaction because the crowd gets pumped up and stuff. And you had that one guy because I told you I was laughing because one guy through the whole through the whole match kill him kill him (laughs) (laughs) laughing i was like i was like this is great man because you get the crowd pumped up like that they'll they'll go with you all the way and that's what you and mitch did in this match here because mitch was heel you were the face and just the spots that you did in that match especially one spot we you, you mentioned to me and i thought the way it looked, you broke about. It looked like you broke Mitch's neck. That was that uh, power. What, what was it? The triple oh, X uh, pile driver. The triple X pile driver. God, man. Yeah, that was um. That was the first time I ever did it. Um, go <laughs> rewind. Going to the beginning of that match. At at that time, Mitch had so much heat. He was our best heel that we had. Him and him and Cody were up there. If you could argue, you know, which which one was one, which one was two. Mitch was so good at what he was doing. I. We, again, I was like, I was like, let's do this. It was the number one contenders match for the uh, the championship that had just came in the month before. That there was the championship match between Cody and Marcus. Uh, Marcus beat Mitch, and Cody beat me to get to the finals. And then so Mitch and I were automatically in the number one contenders for that. And uh, I was that the. I don't know if that was the first time Mitch and I worked. I don't think it was. I think it might have been like the second or third. Uh-huh. And um, again, I think that was the best match Mitch and I ever had. And it, even with the opening uh, FGW, him and I had the first match ever at the original Origins. But I, I love that CWAI match. I mean, when Mitch and I work together, it's it's tight, it's stiff, it's. I mean, those Mitch's forearms are no joke. Those those are real shots. Those are real shots, and I love it. I, I thrive off that. So I, I thought I thought we did. I thought we did really well, and I've I've always loved working with Mitch. I, I would do it every night if I could. Yeah, he's 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 great, man. He he's great, and what he with his work in the ring because I had him I had him on a few weeks ago, and I was going over some matches that I caught of him and. I just how he works in the ring is great because especially when he's a heel. I love it when he's a heel, man, because he I love he, him as a heel. He works the crowd. I love it. I love when he said at the beginning there, he's like, just to make an announcement, Mitch Magnus does not like it. Yeah. The, with the music, his, his look with the stash and just like he, he it's like when he's a heel, he's got like a the way he the way he moves and the way his body language, he's got like a slime to him. Yeah. It's like, um, and then the whole I hate kids line always worked. No, I thought that was always fantastic. There, there was one show we did at the warehouse. Um, I was in the opening match. I forget I forget who it was. I think it was a tag team, but I forget the details of it. And it was hot. I mean, it, it was a July day on a 
Friday, and it was it was so hot that after that match, the power went out in the building. Damn. And it got to the point that everyone's. I mean, it was probably about three to five minutes went by, and people just start holding up their cell phones for lights, and it's great. And like, oh, this is really cool. And I was out there as kind of um, get ready to make my my exit way to the back, going through a different way. And all of a sudden, Mitch just runs out because he was up next. No music, nothing. And I couldn't even remember what Mitch's music was at the time anyway. And he comes out and gets them all rowdy and yelling and everything like that. And like, oh, this, and I'm out there kind of like laying on the ground. And they're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> and I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> I find out it was Mitch. That's so I was like, you don't even need music. Just go out and do that every time. It's, it's great. Then you hear his music like, no, Mitch, you need your music because that music is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. I, I, I love. I love what he's done in FGW there with his story and everything, chasing after the heavyweight title there. Him and going after it because losing it to Sean Casey at Origins Two, and then there right before everything got shut down, he was on his pursuit of going after Sean Casey to get the FGW championship back, and. I, I like to see where that goes when everything starts getting back up and running again. I definitely yeah, I can I could only assume it's still going to be Mitch chasing because he's, um, you know, obviously rematch clause, all that. So um, there's no reason it shouldn't be. And after the, after all the hard work Mitch did the, the following year, I mean, literally from the first show till the last, uh, Mitch was in that title hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, we did our first match at at the beginning of Origins, then when Al did the Rumble, Mitch won it, and he he's literally been in that title hunt ever since. So, yeah, yeah, he he has, and I I can't wait to see what what happens next there. Something something else that happened at Origins too, since I'm thinking about it right now. Top Guns, the Top Guns, the Top Guns. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> tell me about the tell me about the Top Guns because I'm a little bit unfamiliar with them because I know it's you, Eric Fallen, and Mitch uh, Mark Magnum. Excuse me, Mark, yeah. dude. Everyone, everybody does that with with Mitch and Mark. They flop them all the time because you got it's 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 two double M names. It happens all the time. So um, <laughs> the original. Okay. The original Top Guns idea. Okay, so this goes all the way back again to the CWAI days. Um, I'm real good friends with Marcus. Marcus is actually the one that brought me into CWAI, introduced me to Cody, everything, and, and kind of got my foot in the door there. I was actually retired at the time. I had, I had retired pretty much in 2016, and I came out of retirement to do a match with Marcus because we'd always wanted to do one. And um, we did our match at a fair show. And uh, I know you interviewed Ripper, and if he didn't bring up the fair show, I'm insanely surprised he didn't. <laughs> I, I think he I think he did, the the fair show. Um, I'm trying this, to was, this was one in down in Cincinnati. And um, uh, Marcus and I went out there for like 20 minutes. I, I knew this was a one-off for me, so I just said, screw all the rules. I'll take all the heat because I'm not going anywhere anyways. So let, let's go have the match that we've always wanted to do. Because I'm I'm done after this anyway. Right. Do our match. Fast forward to April of 2017. Marcus introduced me to Cody. Kind of get the foot in the door there, rolling, and um, and so now I'm in. Uh, around I don't remember what month it was, but a couple months later, I start just 
saying these ridiculous things about calling Marcus and I the top top guns, just like from the movie, just being ridiculous with it, trying to make him laugh. And he hates the idea. He absolutely despises the idea that it's a it's a rip off. I'm not trying to be anything like a movie. I want to be original. Everything else, like everything like that. And like like dude, it would work. I'm telling you it would work. <laughs> and um, what month was that? I want to say October. Cody ran one of his annual HWA reunion shows, and he asked if I'd be on it, and I said, yeah, sure. And like, well, you got a plan for me. He's like, I was thinking about just putting you and Marcus together against uh, Man and Wolf, which was Douglas Andrews and William Wolf. And I said, okay, yeah, it's totally cool. We can do that. And got to the building, talking with the boys and all that, and uh, I go to Cody. He's like, I know this is an HWA thing, but it's in the CWI building. It's probably going to be a lot of the same fans, rah, rah, black sheep. I was like, is this just a one-off? He's like, yeah, totally just a one-off. Awesome. Because I think the week before, Marcus had just turned babyface. Right. So I was like, okay, one-off. Awesome. I go to Marcus and say, we're doing the Top Guns thing tonight. He's like, it's one-off. We'll be fine. <laughs> so go out there. Danger Zone hits. We got, that's the first time I don't do the towel gimmick. I do, okay, it's, I got to do something different. This is totally different. So that's where the glasses and the hat idea actually came from. And Marcus goes out with aviators and like a face mask on and all this. And I'm not going to, I'm not so much sure that people got so much invested in it just from the unoriginality or just the fact they, they knew what it was. When you say Top Guns, they knew what it was. Danger Zone, okay, we know what they're doing. But Ripper cut this promo right before we went out and really put the emphasis on the Top Guns thing. So I, I, I give actually Ripper a lot of the credit for having that launched the way it did. We go out there, do it. And Marcus and is laughing, having a good time. I'm laughing, having a good time. And, and then uh, I go back and I was like, so what do you think? He's like, I hate admitting to you that that was awesome. <laughs> he was really against it. And then later down the road, I wanted to bring Fallen into it because him and Marcus were doing this best of seven series at the time that I was feuding with Cody. And I love their chemistry together. I, I think that they're each other's best opponents that I've ever seen them work with. Like, as far as just your everyday, who you could you work with, something like that, I put Cody and Marcus together, Marcus and Eric together as rivals. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's just, they, they work so well together. I was like, Fallen can do this. So it's like starting the process all over again. I got to pitch it to Fallen. He hates the idea originally, he wants nothing to do with the the guns thing and how I wanted to do it and stuff like that. And it took as long as it took Mar for me to convince Marcus, it took me like three times as long to convince Fallen to do it. I mean, that because his character overall is, com is, is way in left field compared to where the guns are. And with the paranormal thing, the face paint, all that. So that one, that one took me a minute. Yeah. But once we did it in CWA or not CWA, once we did it in, FGW. We did one stand of it in CW, like one match, and he's like, okay, that was fun, but he wasn't all in. We did it a couple tag matches in FGW with just me and Fallen at the time. Yeah. And then he's all of a sudden all on board with it. We start making all these logo, like creating our look, the, the logos, all this stuff, and we start putting it all together and like really brainstorming this idea for the Top Guns. And it's like, okay, now, now we just need everything to fall in place. Uh, the only thing that was left. So eventually... Fallen does the turn on me, which I'm sure we'll get into later. Turns back. It's like, okay, the last piece is Marcus. We need Marcus. Otherwise, like, I'm, I'm only doing this if we can do all three of us. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't want to do it. Right. And then Marcus finally does the turn at Origins 2, 
comes back, comes back out, helps me and uh, Eric from getting completely just beat up by Amos. Does the chair gimmick and and took his shirt off, had a Top Gun shirt, and that place went nuts. Like they had been waiting for it, which is amazing to me because we had never really done much with it. We yeah. we did a couple tag matches like early on. And then the turn happened, and then we have not really touched it much on it since. Uh, when I came back, uh, Fallen was getting ready to turn babyface again, and then we were kind of in the ring together, kind of had our moment. It's like, okay, let, we're, we're starting to get this train going again, the light. Marcus is the last piece. Yeah. And I remember in Marcus's match with um, Jay West that night, and after um, – after the end, and I, I don't know, I don't remember exactly. He was getting a little beat down or something like that. But he had a confrontation with um, Jackson. Yeah. Like, okay, this is going to come ahead. And I remember hearing the Top Guns chants. I was like, "This is great. They 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 already won." And Marcus hasn't even done the full turn yet. <laughs> so it's just it. It was it was everything we were hoping it would be as far as how the crowd would react and if they would be invested in something that's not an original idea just trying to make it our own and they when marcus took his shirt off and had the top of it, they exploded that's the only thing from the origins too with myself that i remember after the shoulder thing <laughs> it, it was it was great yeah that that was that was amazing man because the crowd's reaction man it, it just it uh if, if that place had a top they're still looking for it because it was a good reaction, man. <laughs> that definitely, that definitely was a good reaction. You mentioned, you mentioned Eric Fallen. I did watch a couple of matches you had with Eric Fallen. I, the one that I enjoyed the most was the Anything Goes Street fight you had with him at FGW there at, on uh, August second second of two thousand nineteen. There, man, that was. Just the opening of it with with the chair and the kendo stick and just you with the trash can on top, you know, you in the trash can, him taking the chair and then the thumbtacks. Just you guys pulled about everything out there, just about, and you just went at it there. And it was one hell of a street fight, man. I, I love those. I love those type of fights because there's a there's a always a reason why to have one as long story. as there's a reason for it i love them mm -hmm. and and um when the original idea of this whole thing with the code was starting to become a thing because that was actually something in real life we were facing like we were having so much trouble even getting started uh because the city of hamilton you know a b c d every everything all these hoops we had to go through then it became like the the little like cul-de-sac of the the neighborhood like across the street which is mainly a bunch of you know older people and they didn't want a bunch of rah-rah on their friday nights and you know i get it i understand and so we eventually turned this into a real thing marcus is um brought in as the leader of it right from the rib like right from the very beginning he's brought in and so they start making the switch of people and um the booker at the time, Cody, has the idea of, okay, I'm going to split the locker room in half. Then he comes to, hey, you guys are over here, you guys are over there, I'm going to split teams, like, I'm going to completely cause anarchy in this. Then he comes to Fallen and I. He's like, all right, I'm going to leave this guy, it's up to you. Which one of you want to turn? And uh, and so that was totally 100% on us. And um, I was like, well, we'll talk about it and we'll get back to you. 
So we started kind of laying out ideas or like, okay, I think Fallen at the time had really wanted to go heal because he'd been babyface ever since I've known him. I can't remember a time prior that he was a heel. Right. I had just started doing the whole leather jacket, the hat, the glasses, giving the glasses to the kids thing. I was like, I'm finally in this babyface thing and actually feel comfortable with it. As opposed when CWAI, when I was turned babyface, like I was not comfortable. I had never worked babyface ever. And when that towel goes on, it's like I completely change. Like I change into something like very different. So I never really got into it the way I did once at GW started. I was like, okay, this is all brand new, brand new company. I'm going to try something different. And I felt that it was working. So I was like, I was like, Fallen, you want to go heal anyways. Let's just turn you and I'll keep going the course that I'm going. So we do that, do the big, do the big turn. Top guns aren't going anywhere. Then he turns on me, the big choke slam. And um, so we already start getting in the bookers. He was like, how long is this going till? Because we wanted to know how to book this or how in, in our heads, how to put this together. Yeah. We knew we have the one match at the Cobra's ends and we wanted to know if there was something else after it. As, and we pitched, can we do a street fight? And he's like, yeah, I'm cool with that. That, that sounds really good. So we started putting together everything that we want to do from the street fight backwards. So we started planning the street fight in a way to, it was like, okay, what do we need to do with the code presents to make the street fight make sense? And, and that, that's, that's literally how we laid it out. We had the first match, which I personally, I like better. I like the first one way better than the street fight. Um, cause it involved Marcus and I thought there was more story there yeah. and maybe it's just because, okay, this is the first time. Um, and you know, you know, you're going somewhere else and maybe it's, maybe it's just kind of like doing the street fight. I knew at the end of it, like, this is the end. It was over. That was the end of the, the, the rivalry. So we did the match with the co presents, uh, fallen goes over and, and even that it's like, um, they didn't know they left it up to us who was going to win. He, he came to us like, okay, so I'm just going to leave your guy's name blank and and whatever happens out there happens. So it's like, we looked at the board like, okay, the code is winning absolutely everything tonight. There is no reason, like, let's do this. Let's do it this way. Boom, yeah. ball over, keep him over. That gives me a reason to keep coming back using Marcus to build to the street fight. We do the street fight. Um, um, I've seen a couple versions of the street fight, whether it's online or um, through like one of our YouTube channels. And every version I've seen misses it misses the very beginning of it. Um, what what's the first thing you see when you start when you pull the street fight up? First thing I see, uh, shoot, is this like right after the choke slam or right before the choke slam? I th I think it was uh, right. It was it starts right after the choke slam there. Okay, yeah. so yeah. The, the the very beginning of that match, we tried to do something a little different, too. It was like he came out with a chair, had a chair. I came out, got the sledgehammer out from under the ring. So we're already weapons in hand yeah. before the match even starts. Bell rings. He goes, swings the chair at me. I duck, get to the other corner, and I chuck the sledgehammer at the chair and just drill him in the face with it. And I remember that, and the crowd was already hooked, like, right there and then. Yeah. Boom, a couple things go to the outside, come back in, Fallen cuts me off, and then goes right into the chokeslam spot. And um, my, my only problem with the street fight, I love the match except for... I felt we were cut on time and we couldn't really tell the story we really wanted to. Because again, that, that's the match we had worked 
worked for for like for almost six months at that point to get to. Yeah. And what we had laid out the we or like days before him and I went down there and went through kind of everything. And I'm not really one to pre-plan my matches to say I like calling a lot of it in the ring. But if it's a big match and a big rivalry and like coming to a blow, it's like okay, we got to hit all the hit all the high notes here. Right. And we've got them invested enough at this point. We can do that. So we go through everything, laid out everything, and it was in our heads, because I think at the Cobra Sense, we got 20 minutes. Right. So we instantly think we're going to get more for the final. So I had in my head, we're going to go about 25 here. <laughs> if we get the day before, we get the notice that everyone's matches are 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, What am I supposed to do with this? coming to an end a street fight in 10 minutes like there's no way i can tell it's like i'm furious i'm upset um now i'm getting emotional about it and like i don't and I'm just like at a loss like i don't even think i looked at my phone for like a day i was like i gotta think how i'm gonna do this right and we, we went to the show and begged for 15, at least give us 15 at least give us 15 yeah and and tried to make chicken salad out of the chicken shit that we had with that time and it just it just felt and if you watch it you can tell we're moving fast like yeah. we're moving pretty fast and and we had to cut a lot of stuff out and and at that point it felt like it came so much more about the weapons than actual the story him and I wanted to tell because we had to cut so much of the the in between stuff out uh, I'm still proud of it still proud of what we did I'm still proud of my favorite thing is how we, we teased the thumbtacks real early and didn't use them till the very end. And I remember having him up, backing him up, and slowly going so I can just hear people louder, 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 louder. And he's in the air like, he's like, you ready? I'm like, nope, not yet. Let's just hold on, listen, listen. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here we go. Boom. <laughs> the drop and and he's rolling and I'm and I'm kinda like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll lay him in two for a minute. Screw it. I'll lay here too. And just <laughs> And so I am proud of the match. We just both knew what it, what we had planned. So it's kind of like a bittersweet thing. But I mean, like you said, you really enjoyed it, and that actually did win the the 2019 match of the year. Yeah, I, I, I do, I do like certain. There's certain type of matches that I really get into, and when I when I saw this, because with with you what you just explained there i didn't really know much about it though but i can tell from the way you guys are going at it that there is there is some there's some serious shit going on and you pretty much were at a point where it's basically we're going to beat each other down till there's one person standing that's that's what yeah. i took out of it there that's what i did i can tell without knowing too much of the backstory right there i know they put um the Code Presents match, the first one between me and Fallon, which at the time was undefeated versus undefeated. I know that was on one of the best of FGW shows. I don't know if you got a chance to catch that one or not. Uh, or Shockwave, like one of the best of. They, um, Neary put that one on there and, and, and laid it out and laid it out and explained what was going on before the match started and all that. So so a lot of people did get a chance to see that one for the first time because before we started doing DVDs and all that and it wasn't online. So those are one of those you had to be there. Yeah. And, um, it was actually before Shockwave started becoming a thing. Shockwave didn't become a thing till I believe September, October. Yeah. Late September, early October. And it's funny, so I sit there and say, I'm really surprised you even asked me to be on this show because it, a lot of it's you catching up on Shockwave. 
I got hurt two weeks before Shockwave started. Yeah. So with my, I broke my ribs, then eventually, then found out I had kidney stones, which that was, if you ever have a chance to pass on that, don't ever do kidney stones because it's miserable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, rather deal, yeah, I'd rather deal with this than the kidney stones ever again. And so, yeah. So I, I don't even have much uh, content on myself on Shockwave till the, the when I came back in late December, going into the build for Origins two, then boom, out again. So I've literally Shockwave like three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's there's not much on you on Shockwave except on the Origins two DVD and what matches and what you had that's that was on Shockwave and two footage and stuff which is hard to find on youtube of of you before they did shockwave fgw started doing shockwave so there what was interested was just the uh, the stuff that i found on you like i mentioned earlier that's that's what drawed me in because when i saw the promos or the uh advertising of of you coming back because mm -hmm. i didn't know what it was at first i'm like what is this? I was like, at first, honestly, <laughs> I was like, is Bret Hart coming? What the, the hell? What the? I was like, I was like, honestly, dude, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I was like, what, what did Cody do? Who did Cody reach out to? Who's Cody? know? he knows a lot of people, but right. then when you showed up, I stood out of my seat there and I was like, whoa, who's this guy? And when you coming around and at the reaction to stuff and because my wife walked in the room, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm watching Shockwave. And then when you showed up in there and stuff, she was like, who's that? And I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, <laughs> but he's he's awesome, man. I was like, who is this? It's like Ryan Michaels. I'm like, I, I it's like right off the bat, I liked everything I seen and heard from from you. And I said, who is this guy? Because because the way the announcers put you over, I it, it drawed me, and I'm like, I want to know more about Ryan Michaels. So I looked up when I'm looking at FGW talent, I see Ryan Michaels. So I'd stop and I'd watch I watch Ryan Michaels match with the whoever I was going to interview just to watch, and then I'd go on and find that match there because sometimes I get ADD. It's like okay, I got to watch right. this match, but hey. What's this right here? I want to watch yep. this. And I'm like, yep. oh, oh, yeah. You know? So I, I started getting in. I was like, dude, I was like, I love the way he works in the ring. Because I was telling, I was telling my wife and uh, my friend, I said, I love the way he works in the ring, man. It's like he's just, I don't, I don't know what it is. You, you have that. I don't know if you've ever been told this. You have that, to me, you have that it factor with how you come out to the ring, how you move in the ring, and how you your work. And it's like if someone's at a show and Ryan Michaels walks out, and if no one takes notice, then they're blind because of what you what you do. Because you, you have that it factor that I feel because I, I appreciate that. Because I, I didn't You're welcome. Because I didn't know who you were. And then when I saw FGW you show up and I'm like Who's this guy? It, it like you got my attention, and then just looking at everything that there is and stuff. And I was looking up all the matches too. And you've you've been around you've been around in wrestling for quite a while too yourself. About I, it's like I have been, but it's it's so sporadically off and on that right. there's no consistent thing. Like I I 
when the hell did I start? <laughs> I really, that's how sporadic it is. I came pinpointing more when I started. Right. I don't know if it was 2012 or 2000, 2014. It's, it's one of those two is when I originally started. And I did it for a company called USE. And I think we had like a good six, seven month run before I bailed out. And that was, it was originally every two weeks and it went to every week. And then just things fell through and I didn't like where certain things were going. So I was like, I'm out, I'm out, screw it. And at that time, that was my most consistent run. So I think I did that from like late 2012, 2013 to 2014. I can't, again, can't really remember exactly the, the timeline of it. Mm-hmm. And then I would go through, did a couple shows in Clarksville. I think it was like two or three shows then in 2000. 15 maybe yeah maybe 2015 boom i'm done leave again and that's when i met marcus and i um i remember the first show there i was uh, i was in the main event which you know uh, short story that to my first ever match i was i was in the main event so people have always seen something in me without knowing really much about me and so i mean i've always um been very blessed and privileged with that and been very grateful that that that's always been an opportunity for me um and that that's where i met anyways that was side note that's where i met marcus and i had watched marcus's match um because i think he went on like a a match or two before mine yeah and i watched and i loved his work i loved his charisma that dude oozes charisma his facial expressions and his interaction with the crowd is fantastic. Market Marcus is one. The Marcus and like Matt Brangan, as far as oozing charisma goes, are like one, the best I've ever seen. Yeah. So Marcus comes back and I tell him, "Hey, I really enjoyed your match." And again, at this time, we don't really know who each other are. And I said, "Hey, will you do me a favor? Like, I haven't wrestled probably in about a year and a half, two years at this point. Will you watch my match for me? And I'll be looking for you. And if it starts sucking ass, give me the go home sign so I can take this thing home." Yeah go out, do the match. Um, obviously, I start getting involved in the match and my head starts going in other places. I'm not even looking at the curtain. So I, if Marcus gave me a go home, I never knew I never knew he did. <laughs> <laughs> do the match, come back. Um, and I go to Marcus. How was it? Was it was it shitty? That was was it okay? And he's like, and, and Marcus said he loved it. And we, we Marcus and I became friends like instantly that night. And he's been one of my best friends in the business since. Um, and again, that, that goes with the whole timeline thing. Like I said, we always wanted to work work each other. After that night, boom, couple shows there. I go back under and back. And it's like, okay, you know what? I'm tired of this off and on, back and back and forth stuff of the inconsistency of what a lot of independent wrestling federations are of up, down, open, close. It's like, I'm done with this. It's like, and I need to get my own life on track at this point, anyways. And. Fast forward a couple of years later, Marcus has an opportunity, and we meet up again, do our match. Fast forward to the AI. I mean, Cody, who hated me at first, absolutely hated me. We'll get into that later. And um, and to where we're at now with FGW. Damn, that's 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 cra- that's crazy. But damn, on and off, on and off, man. Can I mean just consistent? And uh, I mean. FGW, just the talent that's there, and you've worked with a lot of the talent over the years too, uh, 
on and off and on and off, <laughs> on and, off. <laughs> and then just it it's only been around for a year and it's pretty it looks when you look at the product it looks like that it's been around forever because it's it's just everything's great about it that i enjoy as a wrestling fan with production how it's cut edit the talent the stories the wrestling i love i love it and it looks professional it looks it, it draws your attention to if nothing else the product looks good yeah which i mean I, I know you've had a lot of people on and they say their favorite thing about fgw is the locker room and don't get me wrong i love the locker room we have a lot of good solid people there that are for the team not out for themselves which is not a very you know, popular, big thing. You don't see it much. Right? Right. A lot of people out for themselves because that's what you're told. And just, you got to be look out for yourself. A lot of that locker room looks out for the team. What I love most about FGW, though, is the product, the production, how it looks with the entranceway, the multiple camera shots, the lighting. It looks obviously on low budget, but it looks professional. It's not just some guys coming out of bed sheet curtains with no guardrails, with safety rope, freaking, you know, to keep the fans back. It looks like absolute shit, and the and it has lighting, and it 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 looks like a product. Yes, it looks like a product. It doesn't look like you just threw a wrestling ring in an, in an open gymnasium, told people to come out this way, and then they make this long entrance with no with nothing but space and chairs. That that's what I love about FGW. That's what keeps me. More than anything else, like I love this. I want to keep adding more. I want to keep adding more. I make sure, I make sure before all of our big shows, the ropes are different colors. Like, okay, we got heat. We got to go red, yellow, and orange, and and put those together. The Cobra's Ants. We want the the purple, the white, the blue. It's like I want each big show to be different to not look like Shockwave. Right. So, you know, that that's my favorite thing with with fgw i love the presentation of how it looks you know cody brian you know everyone that's um either sacrificed time or something financially any anyway to make it look what it looks like today and even if you watch the very first origins the difference between how it looks then to what it looks like now it's almost like a night and day difference yeah and it's just and and it's it's only going to get better. It's only going to keep keep getting better. The only the only thing that's ever going to hold us like I wish we could knock down some walls to add more space. Maybe add some bleachers going up. Like I was like fuck, I'll weld us some bleachers or or you know I know some carpentry skills too. I did that in every every summer down in Florida with my dad. And it's like let's build bleachers. Let's build like one row that's just like on the hard camp side that just starts going up and call it the hawk's nest or or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And it's because that'll look awesome on camera. Uh-huh. And it'll, it'll, so it's just always got ideas for production. <laughs> Rob a bank to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. That's good that you're always you're always thinking about stuff. You're always thinking about doing something to to improve or and just like with your work there, you're you're always looking at well, you know, critiquing and looking at your matches to do something you know do this better i should have done this but i did that that's kind of like when i talked to jay west when i talked to him he well that that was that was great that was that that's probably my favorite one you've done 
Well, I mean, I, I, I used to train with Jay West. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Just it, it just popped in my no, head. No, that's but, fine. Like, like I, I've known Jay West um, since training with Les Thatcher. And funny story with with, uh, with Jay too. It's kind of the same thing with Cody. Uh, Jay West's first impression was like, I'm either gonna become like really good friends with this guy, or we're gonna fight. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay and I have been close ever since the beginning. I just got that like natural like resting bitch face, or I come off as a prick unintentionally, whether it's body language or just something about me comes off like, "Hey, fuck that guy," and I don't mean so you get to know me, and once I do, eventually open up to you. But um, but yeah, I, lo- I love the the interview you did with Jay West. It was fantastic. I I do appreciate that. Thank you, thank you. It's one of my. I'd have to say one of my. It had to be one of my favorite ones there because just what what we talked about when with his matches and then what really gets me at the end is when he's talking about like any advice and when you're talking about the backup plan i went back a while not too long ago just watch that and it it like it hits you it's like you know what he is exactly right because he's dead on he's dead on. Yeah, he's, I, I listened to that and i messaged him right away and said I was like, "Oh my God, I've been saying that for years. That's dead nuts." So I was like, "That's and like and it's like you could tell like it like it almost like the more he's talking about, the more fired up he's getting about it." And I was like, "This is freaking great. Yeah. This is great." And he's and he's right. Mm-hmm. He's he's one hundred percent right. Yeah, yeah, he is because he, he's totally right about it. Because you you're doing you're doing wrestling, and then that don't you know something happens, injuries or where basically you got to walk away from it. What are you going to do? What what's what's the next thing you're going to do? I know off the top of my head because I was talking with him. I believe it was on or off. I said, uh, "What was it?" Uh, Xavier Woods, the WWE guy, has a PhD and he's a wrestler, exactly. man. <laughs> you know, he has exactly. a backup. He he has that backup, and yeah, that's that's smart. That's really smart. The thing, yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of like what I was saying about when I was kept going on off till I eventually went into time. I was like, I need to figure out what I'm doing with my life. I was like, you can only chase you. You have a small window of when you you can actually chase this dream to make it to the E, whether it's your age or how much you get around and your name gets about. But if you if you get there and you ain't got the look, because you got to think these are when you get to the pro, like the WWE, these are big guys. Yeah, now you might be something like you know a nice size guy on the Indies. You get over there and you're. Nothing. They almost like you're like you're like invisible to them because you you don't stand out. So like to really make that this business this this into a career and to be really financially successful, it's very very hard. Whether it's your look, um, people you know, or right place, right time, right match, right person on the crowd with the right connections, it, it's it's a bunch of what ifs. Yeah. And that, and I, at about the time I was 25, 26, that's when I said, like, okay, I need to figure out what I'm doing with my life. I need to get something else rolling here. I can always come back to this. And if nothing else, I can come back to it because I love it and do it for fun. But I can't keep chasing this dream forever. I'm, you know, I'm 180 pounds, uh, you know, and that's killing myself with, you know, 4,000, 5,000 calories a day living at the gym, which is another thing that that becomes part of your life and is a controlling aspect of your life. And that got bad for me. Like the, the gym life got real bad for me to the point, like if I didn't go, like it ruined my whole friggin' day. 
Yeah. Like if, that, if anything messed up going to the gym to for either to relieve stress or because I've got this goal for wrestling or just goal for me personally, whatever the case is, like if I did not go or something came up that ruined that, like I was in a pissed off mood. And that's not a good way to live. You, you can't be like that. So yeah. I had to get away from – I I think I was 29. 29 is like when everything finally clicked. I had the job that I'm, that I'm still at now and have, you know, done the best I can to move up um, at a decent rate in that company and, and always and want to keep going up. Because if I've learned anything during this whole um, pandemic thing, is like trash ain't going nowhere, homie. There's always going to be trash. So that job, if you lose that job, you lost that job. It's not because they got rid of you. That's because you fucked up. So you take, and, and again, going back to what I was saying, when I was 29, right before 30, I had the incident happen. My father wasn't doing very well and just something personally happening on my end. Like I hit that wall, like everything I've been holding on to with myself for like the last five, 10 years, whatever the case is, like I broke like I like collapsed and like it all just like I cried and like it, after I was done crying and kind of got myself back there, it was like I felt like this huge like rock was lifted off of me. Like it was like all of a sudden everything that I thought was important wasn't important anymore. And it's like the things that were supposed to be priorities in the beginning, I finally see like this is what I need to be doing to take care of myself and my life. And it's just and I. To this day, like even the gym is not top priority to me. If I go, I go. If I don't, I don't. And, you know, yeah, I might lose weight here and there. Because I'm one of those guys, if you don't go, you lose weight. Like I can go on vacation and lose five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and I'm, I'm slowly getting back into Obviously, I keep getting hurt now, so that's delaying things. And it's hard to get back in that rhythm again to where it doesn't become consuming. Right. To where it's pattern. And I don't want to be that guy again. So I'm slowly introducing it back in my life and, and I'm finding the balance with it and yeah. finding balance, just like Jay was saying in what you were talking about, about taking care of yourself outside of wrestling and finding balance with it's family, friends, you know, your own financial and personal reasons like that, that you, you can't put, you can't necessarily put all your eggs in one basket. Unless you are a genetically gifted person at 20 years old and are 6'4 and just a natural big guy, the odds of getting anywhere far in this business is slim. Yeah. And I would tell people the same thing. Make Get your backup plan established first. Come back to wrestling. Because just in case this doesn't happen or you get hurt, you've got this to fall on and you can take care of yourself. Exactly. For example, yeah. it's like if I didn't have nothing that I had as a priority in my life outside of wrestling, as far as something financially or a career, having these back-to-back -back injuries, really being out since September, it's like I'd be fucked. It's like, yeah. what am I? I would be fucked. What am I supposed to do? You can't file unemployment on not wrestling. That's not going to work. No. And so it's like, so it's like <laughs> you're you're. It's like I. So you literally, and even now with the the pandemic, it's like so we're in what almost June now. Yeah. So if really on a calendar year, I've been out pretty much 10 months. I've been 10 months, no money, no nothing. And just just losing everything, whether it's losing the place I stay at, selling stuff to make ends meet, to pay rent, whatever the case is. It's like it, it's one of those important things. Like People have got to take care of themselves outside of the business, almost more importantly than inside the business. So it's like find the balance. Find the balance, people. Right. 
yeah, I pretty much I pretty much got furloughed from my job in April, and yeah, this is going on about two three months now. Right. And I even contacted my job. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, once we know something, we'll let you know. Click. I'm like, yeah. really? So have you been working from? Have you been working from home, or you just been laid off? Or are you still getting paid? I mean, just no. I, I don't know, these personal questions. I don't need. They don't need to answer those. No, I I pretty much I had to do like um, three point three million other people. I believe that's what was. I yeah. had to I had to file for unemployment. I yeah. definitely had to file for that. My wife, her hours got cut, but now she's getting more hours, which is helping. I am getting unemployment to help out, and then plus with the something like with the stimulus yeah i i know a lot of people that when they got that stimulus they're going to do i know i have friends that are going to uh, that basically are going to take it and blow it oh a lot then, of them are then then i got wrong with you people what is wrong with you people <laughs> yeah and then i have and then i have i know friends that will take that stimulus and continue paying their bills so yeah. i basically I've been paying my bills. I've still been paying my mortgage, my utilities. Um, I've been just doing that. Um, I saved. Oh yeah, I saved forty forty dollars, but I didn't switch to Geico. <laughs> right, exactly. It's I like, uh, you got I, free money coming to you. It's yeah. like, why would you go? Like, uh, we don't know when this thing is ever going. Yeah. When things are going to get back normal, you're going to go blow it. And it's yeah. like I I paid off some hospital bills with a little bit of it, and the rest of it didn't. <laughs> Right in the savings. Yeah, yeah. But the Ryan, the forty dollars, I finally got around to uh, potty train my three year old. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I finally, finally got, finally got around to doing that, man. And that saved about forty bucks because diapers. Damn. You need, so. need a t shirt says "Coronavirus potty trained my three year old." <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me no ideas. I may put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's been rough though. But I've been hanging in there. I mean, my my wife, my daughter, and uh, even my dog that's sitting there over there looking at me. <laughs> right. We've 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 been doing pretty good. I mean, I've had a lot of time to do uh, put content out and talk to a lot of great people, especially from FGW and a lot of other people. And some some things have come about this here in the last month, which I can't explain or talk about at the moment, though. But within weeks. Um, I'll be able to discuss and put out there the opportunities that presented itself during this time for me. So, oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm grateful that that's awesome. It is. I, I didn't one expect of those one door shuts, the other one opens, type of things. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it, and uh, I will tease that uh, my one of my best friends he gets to go along with the ride with me on this, which is great. Awesome. So. Yeah, I'm I'm happy about that because that it was just out of nowhere this happened. It was like what? <laughs> so I'm I'm grateful and uh, I am thankful for just everything that I've been able to do doing this and talking to such great people and great talent uh, with the independent wrestling promote uh, industry to to the independent film industry, to talking with like just great people 
as yourself and just it's amazing man i wouldn't trade anything in the world for it i wouldn't trade anything in the world for it man it's it's amazing it's it's making memories sometimes sometimes it's like my life it's i'm making memories like yeah it might suck right now but let's let's ff five years when it's when it's no longer is like man i freaked out about that over nothing or you know what i mean we're fine it's like but you're gonna take the memories that you took from when things were shit was hitting the fan and you always remember those Mm -hmm. yeah i i definitely am next year I know a year from now I'm going to look back at this and be like, "Wow, I was like that was a crazy year though." But it all I worked had, out. Yeah, it all worked out, and I I had some great conversations with some amazing people along the way. So this, this is even better. Even exactly. Better. Exactly. Yeah, it, it definitely is. There's a couple couple things I want to want to ask you before we start uh, wrapping it up here. You, when we were talking about your matches, you're talking about your towel that you wear over your head and the sunglasses and jacket now what to can you explain explain that to me because some of the matches to see with the towel and then i see with this hat the hat the jacket and the sunglasses very much what i'm wearing now is plus sunglasses yeah so what it is is ever since i was in the business the um the towel thing was was my thing. That's what I came out, and I was a heel at the time. So it's like it all kind of worked. You kind of hide your face a little bit. You kind of be a little bit meaner. It'd be a little more intense, like like telling people like, "Hey, back off!" Kind of intense. Not like that intense. Uh, like you're trying to get as a baby face that they're buying into you. So that's the the towel was first, and that's always been my thing. I, it's still my favorite thing. There's just something about it when it goes on like that. That just something about me like wakes up like i guess how you explain it like the some with that it factor there's something it inside me that wakes up as soon as that goes on like i get freaking pumped and i don't know why i don't know why it is maybe it's just at this maybe it's just at this point in my career just remembering my roots and where i came from so that was always my thing and in 2017 going into the uh, baby face role i wasn't I was like, okay, I didn't even really want to do the babyface role at the beginning because I didn't know if I knew I would know how to do it. Right. And so I'm like, okay, I'll change this, change that, change that, change that. It's like, I'm not changing the towel though. That's still, that's still, that's like trademark with me at this point. I'm, I'm keeping it. And so I kept the towel thing, and you know, it was what it was. Um, so it, there wasn't a lot that I could really tell the difference besides just people are cheering me now instead of booing me. It wasn't until I did the first Top Guns thing with Marcus at the HWA show. I was like, okay, let's not do the towel because this is totally different. Did the sunglasses with the hat. And um, I was like, okay. And even walking out of the curtain, I felt different. Like something, like I didn't like take myself so intense or so serious or, or whatever the case may be. It's like something's different. And I loved it. And I was like, ooh. Okay, that's kind of maybe the last piece I've been missing to really get this whole into the babyface thing and mindset going. Like it's like I left something behind that I needed to 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 see the light on one other area. Right. So, um, kind of started flirting with that a little bit. Added the leather jacket in, and kind of went from there. FGW starts, and I don't. I'm like, okay, now I'm not doing the towel thing. Now I'm just doing hat bandana with the sunglasses and the leather jacket, then I started thinking, I was like, ooh, 
why don't we try this? So then I started doing the old, you know, as a Bret Hart guy, I like, I'll start giving my sunglasses out to the kids. Nice. When I come out and just to, you know, for extra support, especially during that first show, trying to establish, like, because when you go to like, to like independent shows and like you're traveling stuff and people don't know who you are, it takes a while for them to understand. And unless the bad guy, unless the, the good guy starts clapping, hey, right away, let's go team. Or in the bad guys, you know, you know, shut your fat face. And unless they're doing that, they don't know who to go for right away. Right. So I was like, I'm going to try to do something to establish myself right away before the match even starts mm-hmm. to just for help for both of us, for me and my opponent. Right. So I started doing that and realized, okay, this is working. I really enjoy it. I'm enjoying it more. This and the other. But I would keep getting people coming up to me where, like, when I'm selling shirts or out there just talking with fans during their missions, like, you know, it's like, you know, we love what you're doing and all that stuff, but we remember the old you. <laughs> that is something, like, it's, it's never gotten away from me. Yeah. So it's like, as like, I remember the black towel and all that. It's like, we kind of miss the black towel or that, that side of you and all this. So like, okay. It's like, how can I make this thing? Because I miss it too. Like yeah. That, that, that's still, when I think Ryan Michaels, that's still who I think of. Right. I was like, how can I do this so then we start getting into the thing with me and Fallen and that rivalry and we start talking and in conversation Fallen says like and just between me and him he's like I want you to be the old you this one night and just come out and let's fight and like I want you to be that old you that old ass kicker Triple H style you yeah and I was like okay he's like I think I can do that for this so I came out um I remember coming out in all the Top Gun stuff at first, like because, like, I had the Top Gun shirt on, Top Guns, uh, like glasses, like everything Top Guns, and then going the back, like, and even the Top Guns music played. Then I start slowly backing up, going to the back, and I like strip down, get out of all my stuff and everything, and put the towel on, new gear, all that stuff. Yeah. In like a matter of like twenty seconds, <laughs> and then come out through, and the people that have been wanting to see that side again and remember the old side and all that, like, like erupted, like lost it. Like they were like into it, which made me into it and doing that's like, okay, I can start making this a thing kind of like a special thing. Like when it's an intense rivalry or something personal or a real big match feels like I'll go this, I'll go to this route and make this kind of like WrestleMania special or like yeah. how Finn Balor does the demon thing, or now you got the Fiend in with Bray Wyatt, all that, all that yeah. stuff. Like I'll start doing that. I was like, I'll be this one all the time. When this one comes out, you know it's, you know it's legit. Like, yeah. You know it's serious now. And then it's completely different in ring styles. It's completely different attitude. It's completely different level of intensity. Everything's different. Yeah. So I, I've I've actually turned it into something that. I really, really enjoy now, and I really look forward to when those big matches happen. Because it's just, I love it. I love, I love the black towel. I can't, I can't get away from it. <laughs> People don't want me away from it. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's, that's, that's amazing because they identify you with that, and I, I think it's great, and that's, that's a cool way to do that right there. Have that come out for something like that there when it's a rivalry like that or when it's like shit's getting serious so the black towel's right. coming out i love that i love that approach to it there and i know we we had a 
conversation last night. We were talking about moves and stuff. And I made the comment about I love how you do the spine buster because it reminds me of uh, the Enforcer, double A. And you say you kind of do it like the Triple H, which I think is think it's great because just that move, the spine buster, because you hit it and it's like, bam, you know, and then and it's good for you because your finishers, the sharpshooter. So that sets it up right there. Which is brilliant. Good, good, good working your way into it. I love it. Right. Appreciate that. Yeah. I don't. I don't have quite the double A snap that he has. It's kind of more the big up and then the spin. So it's kind of more like how Hunter used to do it. But yeah, I um, I've always done. I don't remember when I started doing it, but I remember when I did it. It felt really good. And then that was the one move that everybody I would always get compliments on no matter anything else. Um, they would always, I would always come back, say, they would come, Hey, good match, you know, whatever. And then someone all, always come in. Love that spine buster. Love that spine buster. You know, that's, that's, it's, it's, uh, it's like the one move that is with me all the time. Like that one doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and it's like, people, and, um, I remember doing even with FGW, uh, Brian Beach did the double A spine buster as well. And um, I hadn't really talked to Brian any time before that or anything. So, you know, him being more of the veteran stuff, I asked him, I was like, hey, do you have problems with me doing this? Because I, I don't like when everyone on the roster does the same friggin' moves. There needs to be some identity and like, make things like this belongs to them, that belongs to them. Right. So I asked Brian, like, do you care if I do the double A? I was like, I'll get rid of it if you want me to. And he's like, no, I think we do it different enough. We have different enough approaches with it. That's fine. So Brian gave me the blessing to keep using it, and so I do. And now I'm the one in FGW that does it. <laughs> I love it. I love it because I don't. It's like I mentioned here. It's one of those moves that I don't really see much of in independent wrestling. I'm. I may have seen. There's someone out there that probably does it, but I don't see it uh, quite a bit. Not less like in. Um, like you said, like Triple H, or like if you go back and watch Double A, and then mm-hmm. do it though. But I I like it because it's it's just like right then and there, and it's just like power you throw. It's, it's my one big move I've got. <laughs> it's my one big move. <laughs> Unless the Triple X pile driver's coming out, it's my one big move I got. So. I love it. I love it, man. And of course, the sharpshooter. And I mean. Bret Hart, Bret Hart fan. I mean, yeah. that's that's great. I mean, Bret Hart, one of the greatest uh, in-ring technicians in wrestling. There with everything he did, and he had he had some great rivalries with uh, Shawn Michaels. Everyone, yeah, of course, everyone always says Shawn, but I mean, me personally, I like I think his rivalry with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin in '96, '97 is his best one. Those yeah. are those are some of my favorite matches. And I, I like when I sit there, like, like I, how I explained to you about Fallen and Marcus earlier. Like, like two people are just like meant to work together. Yeah. Like they just, they just, like you can watch it over and over again, never gets old. Right. Uh, Cody Hawk and I are the same way with each other. We gel extremely well in the ring, and, and everybody said, everybody does say that about Cody. That you know their best matches is with Cody. They love working with Cody. Rob Black Sheep as long as Cody's been in the business, and Cody knows every single trick, every single, every single hold, every single 
thing to do in every single situation of a match. I mean, he's he's fantastic. Um, for Cody to say that to me that I'm one of the top guys that he works with that gels with him yeah. is a huge compliment in itself. And it's the same way with me. Cody is is the same thing. Like that's that's my that's my Austin Brett. That that's my that's my fallen Marcus. Like that we're we're meant to we're meant to be together in the ring we're married it's like in the ring we're married with each other i haven't seen any of it in fgw but when cwi it was it's cody and i together every night every every one way or the other every single night up until up until we came. yeah yeah he's cody's i i love what he what he's done with the wrestling i mean just he trained so many great people so many people's worked with him and he's done he's i don't know what else to say because i mean he won it was amazing and i brought it up when i had him on my on my show that when he won the color flower alley club award for a you know trainer of the year damn it's like fantastic. What? Yeah, it's fantastic. And I went and watched. Did you did you watch uh, the speech that um, Moxley gave right before? I not, no, I've not seen it. Oh. Yeah, you haven't seen it. It's pretty. It's it's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. And I mean, he he just he he nailed it with everything. You know, um, warm and nice about Cody and then Cody went up there and uh, gave his speech too which was just fantastic and it was just it was a great moment there I mean I mean he's he's done he's done a lot a lot in wrestling there he, he is done he has done a lot from he he learned from Les Thatcher which is actually who I was trained by as well so that like Cody and I always kind of had like that and same with Jay West we kind of always had like that brotherhood connection just by where we came from even though jay didn't like me at first cody did not like me at first and um just kind of kind of had to earn earn my way in there and i get that i i may have told you just how i come off naturally and when i met cody this is when i'm in training with Les, so i'm hearing all the stories about cody because they have this falling out so it's like it's being like put in my head who cody hawk is as this person yeah and I get to know Cody. He's like, he's not like that at all. It's like Cody's actually a really cool guy and someone I, you know, I talk to frequently. So it's probably why I came off the way I did with Cody in the beginning. And then it, it was until we worked together, we did not have that mutual respect for each other. Like I respected Cody for for what all he's done, but as like far as like earning my respect for me personally. It wasn't there until we worked together. We realized, like, dude, that was great. And then we just built off that to the next one, to the next one. And though the one match I was trying to find last night that I couldn't find to watch, which is my favorite match of all time, is um, back in CWAI. It was in the tournament that we talked about earlier, the match between Cody and I. Uh-huh. That's that's my favorite match of all time. Yeah. There, I, noticed, I noticed a lot of CWAI. There's a lot of tag matches with you and Cody. Yeah, I came across not that singles one. Yeah, yeah, that I was. Looking. I, looked, I looked for you. <laughs> I couldn't find. It. Oh, I was. I was looking too, man. I was looking too because I was like, I want to see this, and I come across. I come across like, um, damn, I can't forget. Uh, I forget who you who was tagging with you, but then it was like you against the five most wanted, you against the code, you against Cody Hawk, Shauna. 
Uh, there was even one I was I was like I want to go back and watch. I was like Cody Hawk and David J. What? Right. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I was like what that was in me and um oh oh Matt Cooper Cooper I think is his last name. He was like um he he did some plugs for us back in the day because he worked with B105 Radio. Yeah. So we did so he's like he did some plugs for us. We let him get in the ring and obviously taped it. And, bring it out there because obviously the b105 following is way bigger than an independent wrestling company's following so yeah use this and <laughs> use him and let him share it to get more eyes on the product uh-huh. so yeah i know i know which one you're talking about but cody and i've always been very same-minded that we don't like putting our stuff out there for free yeah we'd rather put like we want because we want people to come in the building obviously you know obviously to pay and you know watch what we do but we want it for the look it, it, there's nothing worse than watching a tape or even going out there performing in front of 20 people and seeing nothing but empty chairs we want that place packed and even you know for me it, for the simple fact of how it looks again production i want that place packed yeah just and and so cody and i've always been we i remember when we were doing our matches we talking about We'll, we'll put all the teasers out there every match up until our singles ones, and we wouldn't put them out there. We wouldn't let no. And if they were recorded, and we found out, we flagged them and got them ripped off. So I knew going to look for that match, it was going to be hard if I could find it. But that's we 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 just we took that's just how we were with that with that series that we wanted people to be there. Yeah, that's 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 understandable. There, that is one thing. One thing when I when I watch the cold-blooded 2019 dvd mm-hmm. there was an extra match on there which i didn't expect because i thought it was great which was sammy callahan going up mm-hmm. against uh ace there yeah i i don't follow impact as much because uh, like know. back back in the day I could tell you who was on Impact, everybody from AJ to Kurt Angle. But now I know this person or that person is on there because I don't watch it closely. But the match I watched with Sammy and Ace, man, I was like, damn, this is this, it was a great match. And it was a great bonus for that DVD, man. Because, yeah, because just I, I imagine myself just if I was there to see it, man, damn. Because the place, the place erupted there. And. Speaking of speaking of crowds, FGW man, they have a great crowd. They have a great crowd. You, I mean, the place gets packed in there, man, and you just it has some of the great, you know, great fans that follow and keep up with the product and keep up with the talent. And there's, it, it's 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 just just awesome. We do. <laughs> have, we have very we have a great loyal fan base. You see a lot of the same familiar faces, and they buy into everything and and believe in the product and, you know, have their favorites, who they like, who they like to boo, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I love our fan base. That yeah. That's like one, that's why there are other things that like it keeps you coming back. It keeps you, you're not going out there and just hearing crickets. And that, that's one of the joys about being in the same building over and over and over again. The same, they know where you are. A lot of the same people come in. They know, like they know the storylines. Like I say, you've caught up with all the shockwave stuff and got into the storylines they know who's who and what's what, and and that it, it helps everything all around. It's not going out there, town after town after town after town, 
and reestablishing yourself over and over and over again and doing the same shtick over and over and over again. It's like, oh, we can actually tell the stories now and the storylines because everyone knows what's going on. So yeah. it's, it, it's, it's a very, I don't, that's one of the things I don't take for granted is the people that we have that, that come and support us, that have supported us from the very beginning and the ones that have stayed since the beginning. And it's, it's one big, one big happy family. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing, man. I, I love it. And I can't wait, can't wait for FGW to get back up and running. I know, I know, uh, when when FGW does get back up and running, because with you being injured, how have have you even been? Have you hit the ring or are you able to hit the ring? What, you know, what have you been doing? I'm just now, kind of like I said, getting back into the gym a little bit, and some motions still hurt. I mean, it's still you can still push down on it. It still hasn't like technically fused, but the pain for the most part almost is all the way gone. Like I can actually sleep on my, my right side now with my arm out and it doesn't hurt or cause anything to go numb or anything. So it is healing, just a very extremely slow process. I haven't had a chance because of the pandemic to get back in because it's not really like an emergency thing to get see where I'm at, see where the progress at, take x-rays again. Because originally when I uh, went in, they didn't want to do surgery. They said, let's see if it'll heal on its own. Yeah. You know, that was back in February and... I guess technically that is healed, but it's still you can it's still extremely visible. Like I can I can see it now on on the camera, and it's but as far as movements and all that goes, it's gone. The the pain's gone. So it's just a matter of getting back in and seeing where the progress is at. If it's good to get back in the ring, or if we're not quite there, that one wrong move can slip it back up because it still hasn't technically fused. So I I've got on my end a lot of uncertainty of when I'll be back as of right now. Okay. Sadly. <laughs> yeah, I man. I'm I'm glad that you're you do you're doing good and I mean taking your time and not, you know, rushing anything. That's you're taking care of yourself. That's that's smart the smart thing to do and the smart way to look at it there. And when you do get back in the ring, I'm gonna be looking forward to it, man. <laughs> I definitely am. Same here. <laughs> That's I, I I definitely am because you know you know what the you know what the good thing is about coming off of an injury. I mean, for example, Triple H. Remember when he uh, tore his quad in that tag match, and he was gone for what months? And he, he missed the whole invasion angle. He comes back just in time for the Royal Rumble at Madison Square Gardens, man. I remember that night watching with my dad, God rest his soul, and we're sitting there watching it, and he got excited because Triple H, he's like, where's he been? And I was like, don't you remember, Dad? He got injured. Oh, yeah, 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 Chris Jericho kicked his ass. Yeah, yeah, screw him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, I was like, no, no, and I explained it. He goes, okay. So when Triple H came out there, he was he was like excited because I mean just that how the place the roof blew off Madison Square Garden, and then my dad I always remember this from my dad and one of my memories watching that moment there when Kurt Angle came out my dad came off his chair and he yelled at the TV like he did <laughs> back back growing up yelling at Ric Flair coming on the TV going after the American Dream 
Dad jumped up and he yelled and he said, Triple H, grab that sledgehammer and kick his fucking ass. I right. Just, he was just, he could get into it, man. My old man, I love him. And he he got into it, you know, that night. He was so excited about Triple H's return. But coming off in injury and making that return, mm-hmm. making a return impact, you know, not expect it, you know, no surprise, element of surprise, which would be great because it'd be awesome to be watching if watching Shockwave and all of a sudden out of nowhere, boom, here comes Ryan Michaels. It's like, damn, didn't expect that, you know? It's, it's funny you mentioned the Triple H <clears throat> comeback because that is actually – like my favorite wrestling moment of all time is Triple H's return to Madison Square Garden. I had liked Triple H prior to that. I remember watching that, and I was that 2002, so I was 13 years old, maybe 14. Uh-huh. I remember watching that, and when the music hit, and that place erupted. I, I was like instantly like, oh my god, like it it sucked me in like immediately. Then he comes back and he his presence, he looked huge, and looked great, and just that moment, and I was like, and it it I became, and that moment is like Triple H is my favorite. Triple H right now is my favorite guy, and he he held that all the way up until you know we went from Hogan as a kid to you know. Really, it went from Hogan to Triple H. I did because I, I didn't really get that young get to appreciate Brett all that much. So you go back later and watch stuff. It's like, okay, Brett, it's Brett and Hunter. Brett and Hunter are my guys. Yeah. And even thinking about when I was coming back because I knew what I wanted to do with Amos for Origins too. I'm thinking there is like the same thing. Is like, can can I have that Triple H moment when I come back? And I, I, it felt good when I came back. I was so nervous. I was the most nervous I've been in years about coming through the curtain or just doing the surprise things. Like, would people give a shit that I was back? Right. And that, that's like one. That's one of the things with being hurt that sucks. It's like you get antsy to come back, but it's like, are people going to be excited when you come back, or is it like they come back and they kind of forgot you? So it, it's a fifty-fifty thing. But I mean, I. Ah, that that the Triple H Mass Square is my favorite favorite moment of time, and that's exactly what was going through my head right before I was about to go out there when I came back. I was like, I was like, oh, please don't be dead silent, please, please don't be dead silent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, one that's one of my favorite favorite returns right there. When you look at uh, look at uh, talent making her come back that's one of my top moments favorite comeback moments there when he returned to madison square garden because just imagine could you imagine being there like that night in the oh. building you'd be oh. you'd be death man i, I would probably say what's the, point, what's the point of me wrestling there is never going to be a moment that i ever have ever that's going to eclipse what just happened <laughs> it never happened and I even say like I, I can I can watch the video today on YouTube and still get goosebumps when that crowd just comes unglued as soon as he walks through the curtain and you think it, they just erupt again and it's like oh like it still gets me today yeah it 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 does it does me too because just so just so much man but yeah that's that's one of my favorites there too I'm I'm along right there with you one of my favorite favorite moments in wrestling when he made his return. 
in 2002. It's just, it's good shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, good it's great shit. shit. Yeah. It's great shit. <laughs> I think I'm going to coin that now as my <laughs> one of my new slogans there. It's good shit. Because <laughs> it can apply to anything. Exactly. <laughs> so, just like just like this podcast tonight, good shit. Good shit. <laughs> See, I've done one of these in quite a while, so I was pretty excited to come on and do it. Yeah, I I I've been wanting to wanting to talk to you there for a while, but I didn't know how to go about it there, and because I was looking looking getting I'm getting close to episode two hundred, so yeah. I'm looking at okay, who have I not gotten on? that I need to put on on the last two episodes before 200. So yeah. I got the I got the look in there and it's just it was like the universe was telling me it's like Ryan Michaels. So I was like I got to reach out to Ryan, man. I was like the least that Ryan could say would be like no. You know, and that's right. it. You know. But and honestly, if I didn't enjoy your shows that you were that with all the other you're doing and I didn't like your presentation and how it seemed very professional, I would have told you no. I got no problem telling people no. I tell people no all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's you know I I got a little bit nervous there, and you know it's like people were telling me a while back ago when I had Cody, you got to get Cody on. It's like I had five people tell me. It took five people for me to actually say, you know what, I'm gonna reach out to Cody. He could say no. That's it. But he said yes. And when you when you said yes, and when you brought up about not much on FGW, but we talked about FGW, but there there was a lot to talk about with you tonight, and I do appreciate you coming on here and talking about your, your wrestling career and everything, man. That, that. Um, thank you. I appreciate being on, and I appreciate everyone that threw my name out to you and says, hey, you need to talk to Ryan Michaels, because, like I said, you can't find much content on me, because I keep a lot of that stuff off. I'm not one of those guys that promotes himself to death and whores himself out. Like, I'm, I'm not one of those guys. That's just not me. And so for for the people that you've had on that have thrown my name out to you, you know, I really appreciate that. And that's, you know, that, that means more to me that you came across me that way than just coming across me through videos. Like, that, that, that means more to me. And yeah. so, thanks, guys. Love you, too. <laughs> you're you're great man you're awesome and uh i'm i loved it everything tonight we talked about and we'll have to do it again sometime oh yeah sure this was great yeah we'll definitely. This is, this was fun. yeah it's it's always fun when you come on my show man i i keep it open i keep it open like this <laughs> i definitely do yeah. and before before we before we do close up here you have anything you want to plug or anything you want to mention? Uh, I mean, I've got, I mean, there's the FGW Facebook page that um everybody should go like and follow because you're going to see content from, you know, not just myself being on there, but everybody involved with FGW. It's Mitch Magnus, Mark Magnum, uh, Eric Fong, Cody Hawk, Shauna Reed, William Wolf, you know, Shea Solo, Anybody, and, and all those people, they, we're, they're always having content up. And now with the whole uh, pandemic going on, they're even putting like videos up. Like the we did a Don't Rush challenge, and um, we've done a couple other um, funny things just to just to give people something to entertain them. Because I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we are as entertainers. Um, 
So go give them a like on Facebook. Um, I do have a Ryan Michaels Facebook. Go check it out. You ain't going to see much because I don't post shit. <laughs> I, I share more than anything else. I don't post anything because I – what the hell you guys want me to say? So, <laughs> again, I'm not one of the guys that constantly puts himself over. So, um, but other than that, no Twitter, no Instagram. I'm a grown-ass man. I don't have Instagram. Um, <laughs> so, you know, mainly the best way is either the Ryan Michaels page on Facebook or um, the FGW page as well. All right. I, I do appreciate it. And before we do go, let me go ahead and plug this podcasting network your top source for independent podcasting. Head over to podcasty.net for great content and great shows over on the website. Hit them up on Facebook, Podcasty Network. Give them a thumbs up and a follow. Send them a tweet over on Twitter, at Net. Subscribe to their YouTube channel for video podcast over on Podcasty Network and on Twitch, Podcast City Network. You want more Everett Lee? Then hit me up on Facebook. Give me a thumbs up and a follow. Everett Lee Show. Twitter at the Everett Lore Score Lee. Instagram Everett Lee Show. And audio portions of this podcast and previous release podcast. Head over to YouTube, the Everett Lee Show. Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Podbeam, and iHeartRadio. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, downloading this episode or viewing. And I do appreciate it. And I'll see you again next week for another episode of The Everlease Show. When I need a logo or graphic design done to make my shit stand out from all the rest, I use 3Count Design. 3Count Design offers a wide range of graphic design products, video photography, and other forms of media. Everything from t-shirt designs to websites. For more information, head over to facebook.com slash 3CountDesign. That is facebook.com slash three count design. When I want to kick back a few cold ones with my friends, I head over to City Limits Tap Room. City Limits Tap Room has a wide selection of TVs to watch your favorite sports, indoor and outdoor seating. And they are pet friendly. City Limits Tap Room also has food made fresh to order, and the grilled cheese is excellent. I recommend the grilled cheese and the apple pie cider with fries on the side. Can't go wrong with that, baby. For more information for upcoming events, head over to facebook.com slash city limits tap room.